All right. Our good Nerv Shabbos today's Dav is Dav Ayin Beis, page 72 in the Hedigah Masechah's Tubas. We pick up on the very bottom line of Ayin Aleph Amud Beis at the two dots. All right. So we're going through situations where a wife makes a nether or a, a vow forbidding relationships or a husband either makes a vow to, about the wife, or the wife's making a vow and the husband's not nullifying it, and we're considering that as if he's making a vow about her. All right, so he said, one of the cases was where a husband says to a wife, or she makes a vow and he doesn't nullify it, in that you will not go to a wedding and you will not go to a house of mourning. You will not go to a base oval, a shiva home, as we call it. The halacha is, got to get divorced. Says the Gemara, I don't understand. Bishlam al Mishnah makes sense that he, if he says that you're not allowed to go to a Beis Mishnah, to go to a wedding, top of today's dav, now. So it's like you're locking her up in a, in a cage. Yeah, you're locking a door in front of her. You can't do such a thing. Uh, people are entitled to go enjoy themselves at parties and at weddings and to be involved in life cycle events. Al Beis but for a husband to say to a wife, you can't go to a Beis Avel, my Nail Bifanel Ika. I mean, who's running? To go to a shiva home, it's one of the uh, to go to a shiva home for people who aren't experienced is a very frustrating matter, and it's a nerve wracking. People are like, "What am I going to say? What am I going to do?" They don't realize you're not supposed to say or do anything. You're just supposed to go there and sit down. They think they're people think you're supposed to walk into a shiva house and ask how old the person was, and then you want to know what they died from, and then they, they they're asking all the inappropriate questions. But be it as it may. Says the Gemara, it's not an exciting place to go. So if a husband says to the wife, you can't go to a shiva home, why is that grounds for divorce? Answers the Gemara. Tana, we learned in Abraisa. Here, here's the big deal. Lemachar himesa. They say that the number one cause of death is life. Huh. It is. We've never met anybody who's been here forever. So what's going to happen? At some point, this woman's going to pass away. And if she doesn't attend other people's shiva homes, vain kol seifta, no one's going to come to give a husband on her. You didn't care about Armish Bucha? Well, guess what? Not that we don't care about you, but it must be we're not so close. That's what people think. People think, oh, you didn't come. You didn't, you didn't attend this, you didn't attend that. So the, the assumption is, fine, so we're not so... So they, they don't feel the need to go and eulogize her either. Hence, you're not allowed to tell your wife you can't go to a base oval because it, it lowers her kavod. It lowers her respect down the road. Vikid Amri and some explain, ain't kalberia saifna. People aren't going to come to be saifna. Here it means to bury her and attend her levaya. Tani, we learned the Rebbeisa. Rebbeisa, Rebbeisa says, My Dixib was trapped in the Pesach where it says, Taivla leches al beisavel. It's better to go to a house of mourning. Mi leches al beisavel. To go to a chasna, to go to a feast. What's pshad? Basheru saivgo adnam achayi. by the Pesach ends and says, The end of every person is the grave. Yeah. We're all going to end up with Dalit Amis of real estate. No matter how much we own while we're, we're alive, we end up with the same Dalit Amis. And, and a living person should take this to heart. Think about this. Contemplate this. What does that mean, take it to heart? A person, it's important to think about one's own mortality. It will allow us to live in a much greater fashion. We find this throughout Shas and Paiskim. Right, a person has uh, finds themselves taken over by desire. Well, what are you supposed? Ultimately, what are you supposed to do? It doesn't need to be initially. It's pretty morbid, right? But ultimately, you think about the Yamamisa. That's the one thing that we know is going to keep everybody in check. Says the Gemara, "Disafad yis bedune." Yis bedune means it's a person should realize that if we eulogize others, 
and we think about what others have accomplished in their lives, decover yikberune, and you also want to um, bury others, yikberune, others will bury them. Deidal, when you uh, cry out for a dead person, yidlune, they'll cry out for him. The levai, and if you have a levaya, the word levaya is to accompany somebody, right? So it means you walk with the person to their burial. Yilavune, people will attend his levaya and accompany him to his final daladamas. Ditan, and a person who carries the burden, being a pallbearer of a coffin, as opposed to putting it on wheels, but uh, you say, you know what, it's a little bit extra effort, but we're, this is our final mitzvah, this is the mitzvah chesed shalemes, and we're going we're gonna to carry the weight of this person. Also, yitanunei, such a person will be zoche, that others will help him towards his uh, kever, and they will carry him. Okay. mishum Then the Mishnah said, if he says that you cannot go to a chasna, or a levaya because of davar acher because of this other thing. That's how. That's remember davar acher. We said the Gemara will explain what davar acher is. Davar acher. Huh? So let's see. Rashi. So then you're allowed to do that. In other words, she she can't demand a divorce. She can't demand a divorce if he had a reason of davar acher stopping her from attending the party or the shiva. And what is that? My davar acher. I'm a rebuter. I'm a shmuel. Rebuter says name is shmuel. He says, I don't want you going there because I don't like the type of people that are hanging out there. At a wedding, we could completely understand. But I want to tell you something. Unfortunately, even in a shiva home, there are people that are off their rocker. The conversations that go on in shiva homes sometimes are completely inappropriate. Don't do anything to remind one of one's own mortality. And I'm not even dealing with fights between children over the, the, the parents' Yerusha. Ooh. Which goes on, I've personally seen go on and had to have conversations with people in the Shiva home where they're already, they're already uh, uh, have, you know, on, on their mind what, what's happening over here. But even outside of that, there's the type of jokes and levity and laughter and, and it's just completely inappropriate things that are going on. He says, listen... He says to his wife, we shouldn't be going there. Ah, you'd assume that, the more, that, that uh, there would be a, a focus on life. Nishtazai, absolutely not. There are people, the, the great gravesides, there are people who are mashuga. Yeah, people are nuts, even graveside. They, they, they don't know how to think about life. So they, what are these, if you don't think about life, what do you think about stupidity? She so says, I don't need you in, in, in a place where there's promiscuity, immorality, lewdness, the, the, these types of things go on. So then we say, Taka, you have every right to do that. And she shouldn't be there anyway. This is only true if you know there's a chazaka that this is what's going to go on. But if you don't know that there's going to be these elements of lewdness and promiscuity, then he has no right to stop her. And if he stops her from going to a wedding or a shiva home, then that would be grounds for divorce. Okay. Which, by the way, is letting us know Again, uh, a reality. And the reality is people who aren't thinkers, people who aren't developing, people who aren't growing, know that there's no boundaries. You should know there's no boundaries there. There's no boundaries. They, they don't know when to stop. They don't know when to stop. 
That's what a let's is. You know what leitzonus is? Leitzonus is not to make jokes. That's fine. You need you need schok. In order to be makabel tari, you need jokes. It says it. The 48 ways to acquire tari. You know what it says? Miot schaik. You know what miot means? It says Rabbi Matasio Solomon Zalzan Gesund. He says it means you need laughter. It should be limited. Not, not, not Meshuggah. The whole thing is not a stand-up comedy show. But you can't have Kabbalah Satayr if you don't have humor there. It is. You need schaik. You need smile. You need humor. You need gishmak. You need, you need uh, laughter involved. But you have to know there's miot. There's boundaries around everything. People who don't have boundaries in life, there's no boundaries anywhere. There's no boundaries. It just doesn't end. And we have to realize the, the schus that we have to, to be, be learning this and understanding the, the Torah's boundaries and, and the parameters around everything that we do. Okay. Says the Mishnah Vaiter. Vim Amar Allah If he says, I'm marrying you on condition that you tell uh, your friend what you just told me. Or on condition that you, um, you tell your friend what I told to you. So then we say, grounds for divorce. Grounds for divorce. Okay. Says where well, I don't stand. I'm, I'm sorry. The, the condition was that I'll, I'll remove the vows or create the vows under those circumstances. Not about marriage. So says Gemara Vitema. If the condition is, if you don't tell them, says Gemara, so just let her tell them and let them stay married. What's the big deal? Amar Yudah Amar Shmuel? No. Because he's over here, the case of the Mishnah is very important. Devarim Shel Kalayn. Things that have to do with Kalayn. Kalayn is embarrassment. It's embarrassing for her to say something. Chavra, the Gemara is letting us know it is a husband's responsibility to ensure though his wife is never shamed by others and Kavachaymer by yourself. This applies when you want to tell a joke at a Shavu Brachas. This applies when you want to, when uh, you're in whatever, for whatever you, you think that something is entertaining or whatever, and it doesn't make your wife look good or she's embarrassed to share that piece of information. Just because we find it funny, it's never an excuse for a husband to put his wife into a situation where she can feel shamed. That's it. Finito. You know, there was a, a, a situation, I don't know why this particular is popping to mind, but um, I saw in, uh, the, years ago, years ago, I don't know why this particularly is popping up now, but uh, Rabbi David Kaplan, Shlita, I think he's a Rebbe in her, or Sameach, he has a number of books called Impact or Impact 2, whatever it was. So in there, he has a bunch of short blurbs, a bunch of short stories, and I'm recalling now, he says, he brings out a story of some famous athlete, a basketball athlete, who was eating out with his wife in a restaurant, and as his wife, with friends, and as his wife sits down at the table, he pulls the chair out and she fell flat on her bottom, oh. on the floor. And they're all laughing, ha, 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 ha. Okay, you think that's funny? It's not funny. Again, that means you have no boundaries. You don't know. No, you, you don't do something that to you is funny, but to your spouse is embarrassing. Absolutely not. That's grounds, that's grounds for divorce. He tells his wife, go tell, it's on condition, you tell the person. Go tell her. No, it's embarrassing. You can't force somebody or, or connive somebody into sharing something that's embarrassing for them. That is completely wrong in a marriage. 
Or he tells her on condition that you fill up the garbage, take out the garbage. What does that mean? Says, let her go take out the garbage. What's the big deal? We all do that all the time, hopefully, right? When we take out the garbage from our homes, is that embarrassing? No, fakert. It's like the Kayin Gadol. It's a Chuma Sadeshan. Where do you start out every morning with a Vaidah? He cleaned off the Mizbeach, the dirty ashes. He wiped it off. You clean out your home. Our home is a, is a Mikdash Ma'at. There's Torah learned in our homes. There's Torah conversations in our home. You take out the garbage, it's a mitzvah. It's like a Kayin Gadol. Removing, uh, removing the, uh, the, the, the used up ashes from the Mizbeach. It's a big deal. Let her go take out the garbage. What's the. Amr Vidur Mashmuel. Vidur says, name is Shmuel. Shetamale Vinaitsefes. Yeah? Here's what's happening. Undo a garbage. You know what it is? The husband tells his wife, listen, I, we're going to have intercourse. We're going to have relations. But what I want you to do after each act of relations is do specific techniques with your body to prevent pregnancy. He's forcing some sort of birth control on his wife so that she wouldn't have a child. Okay? So that's what it means. Says the Gemara, We learned in our Kadimayim. He says, on condition, you fill up 10 jugs of water, and pour them into the garbage. Okay, that's a statement of the Brisa. What does that mean, fill up 10 jugs of water and pour it into the garbage? Yeah. That's why he's got to go out and give a ksuba. Why? Because we're dealing with the intercourse. Okay? So the husband says, I don't want you becoming pregnant. For whatever reason. He doesn't want to have kids. He doesn't want her, her body form to change. All right? So over here, we say she could demand a divorce. According to the Brisa, my nafgalamina. What does it make a difference if she's pouring water into the garbage? The Aved let her do it. Now, this is assuming the Bryce is literal, that the Bryce is not dealing with pregnancies. The Gemara says, if, one, if you're going to tell our Misha is dealing with pregnancy, Beseder. But if the Bryce is literal, so what's the big deal? She looks like a Shaita. Now, what does this mean? So, this is again, uh, yeah, so this is going, what do you mean to look like a Shaita? You're doing something foolish. It's, it's not a joke, it's not a game. You don't, you don't tell me to do so. Go fill up 10. Why, why are you telling me to do something so ridiculous? You don't look foolish. You're not allowed to do something that embarrasses, and you're not allowed to do something that causes one's spouse to look foolish. Amr of Kahana, of Kahana says, Hamadir A guy makes an other about his wife. She will not borrow anything, she won't lend anything. You're basically telling her, you know, no, a neighbor comes to borrow sugar? No. You're, you're short on salt while you're doing a recipe and you want to knock on your neighbor's door? No. Nafa uchvara verechayim betanor. She's not allowed to borrow or lend these sieves and sifters and mills or ovens. It is incredible. People are going to view her like she's stingy, like she's tight-fisted. And part of, being part, part of being in a community, in a shchuna, is that you're there for each other. You borrow, you lend, you interact, you sit outside on a nice day, on a Shabbos afternoon, you schmooze with people, and as Yidin, we're not hermits. We don't live on an island. So if a wife wants to get out there and be amongst neighbors, the husband says, no, 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 we're going to live in. No talking to neighbors, no borrowing, no lending, regular household items. 
that's grounds for divorce, says Rav Kahana. Again, it makes her look bad. Tanit Amihachi, we learned in her b'risa, similarly, Hamadra Sishtai, only makes another about his wife, Shalai Tishal, Shalai Tashil, she won't lend or borrow, Nafa, a sieve, Uchvara, a sifter, Rechayim, a mill, Tanah, or oven, Yetzivi, Tengsuba, that he, she could demand a divorce. Because she, she looks bad amongst, in the community, amongst the neighbors. And similarly, if she makes a neder, she won't lend or borrow. So she says this about herself. Okay? So what, in other words, she owns these things, Rashi explains. Right? She owns these things. So... Uh, this incredible. She she owns it. She says, you know, I, I, I'm not ever, you know, I'm not being involved. I'm, I'm not involving myself with our neighbors, and I'm not going to make any clothing for the kids. He could divorce her and not give her a ksuba. You know why? The same way a husband has no right to make his wife look bad amongst the neighbors when a wife acts in a certain way. She also represents the family, and she's the one saying, I will not lend, I will not borrow, I don't like anybody, I don't, I'm not taking care of the kids, I'm not done. Says the Gemara, you know what the Allah is? Send her out without a ksuba. She loses a ksuba. Because she's giving him a bad name in the community. This is a joint effort over here. And the same way a husband has no right to shame, embarrass, or ruin the name of his spouse, so too, a wife does not have a right to do something to her husband as well that makes him look bad. What do you mean send her out without, without a ksuba? She loses her ksuba. She loses the money. The original uh, ksuba, yeah, yeah, the money, money of the ksuba. All right, here we go. Well, that's a kiddish. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. How many times do you see that? Where a lot of times huh? the wife does it. I'm not saying enough. husband puts up... I'm not saying nothing. It goes both ways. It goes both... Right, you don't know some things you hear, right? You hear him when the other women, the husband's mocked with all the wife. Mask him. Mask him. Absolutely. You're right. All right. Listen to this. This next Mishnah is going to discuss situations where a husband should divorce a wife and she won't receive the money of Raksuba. Okay? So here we go. Until now, we were talking about cases where the husband did something wrong, make a vow about her or or keep the vow, and they're going to be divorced and she's going to collect Raksuba. You're going to have to pay up. Says the Gemara, says the Mishnah. Here we go. The Elu the following situations allow a husband to divorce his wife and not pay her the agreed amount of money in the Ksuba. Ha'iveres aldas Maisha Yehudis. These are two categories. If a woman is over, she passes over, she transgresses the laws of Maisha and Yehudis. What's Yehudis? The way that a Jew behaves. So Das Maisha is, we call it Halacha. Yehudis is expected Jewish treatment, acted, actions. All right, listen to this. The Gemara is going to, the Mishnah is going to explain. Ve'ezuhi Das Maisha. What is considered a woman who's transgressing Das Maisha, where you got divorced, and there's no money. You don't got to pay a penny. Is, it, is this required to be done? So under so so you'll see uh, under certain. Uh, Rabiel's asking a good question. In these situations, are you required, or if you want to? So as we're going to see, some of them you for sure are required because she's causing him to do an avera, 
Other ones, it's going to be, you could leave it up to him. And it's going to be case by case, depending on the people and whether they've already fulfilled particular mitzvahs. But great question for clarification. Here we go. Fezer, he does Maisha. What's considered a woman who transgresses the halachas of Maisha? Machila, Sheinah, Moosher. She feeds him food that Maisher wasn't taken from. We'll call it, it's not kosher. She feeds him food that's not kosher. Now the Gemara is going to have to explain. Did he know? Did he not know? We'll wait. But here, grain in Eretz Yisrael needs to be tithed. It wasn't tithed. And she serves it to him, farina, for breakfast. And he thinks his wife is Tahar. The Gemara will explain what exactly this case is. And she has relations with him as an Ida. And she will not separate Chala. Or she does not separate challah. We're gonna have again. We're gonna have to explain. Because in each case, I'll tell you what we have to explain. In each case, the Gemara is gonna say, "Well, if he didn't know, if he knows, why did he eat it, or why did he have relations with her? And if he doesn't know, so how does he know now to divorce her? Right? If he doesn't know, he doesn't know. She never told him. Like, what's happening here? So each one we're gonna have to explain. Um, she also doesn't separate challah." She's taking vows and she doesn't follow through on the vows. That is all dasmaisha. These are clear-cut halacha with, with transgressions that have tremendous impact on the marriage. What's considered a woman who's transgressing dasyhudis the way that a Jew does? She goes outside with raishai perua. Raishai perua literally means uncovered hair. Her head's uncovered. Or she is taiva, she's weaving in the marketplace. Okay, we'll see what's the problem with weaving in the marketplace. Apparently there's some sort of minhug in Klai Yisrael for Jewish women not to weave in the marketplace. But we're going to see, the Gemara is going to make this practical for us and see what, how it applies to us nowadays. And she speaks to everybody. Again, that's going to have to be clarified. What does it mean speaks to anybody? Maybe she's just very friendly. And very nice. You say hello to everybody. The Gemara tells us, you couldn't beat him to a hello. Nobody could beat him to a hello. If he saw somebody a, a mile away, hello, he was always the first to greet people. You couldn't beat him. It's a nice thing to talk to. So what does it mean? What's the issue of speaking to everybody? So we'll see. Abishol says, A woman who curses out her in-laws in her husband's presence. Rabbi Tarfin says, says, even a woman who makes with a loud voice. Kailanis, with a loud voice. No, it's not a loud voice. She's got a high level of, a high decibel level. So, Gemara says, basically, Kailanis, what's considered a loud woman? The Kashima Daberach Besaich Besa, when she talks inside her house, her neighbors can hear her. Now, again, this is not exactly the way it is. The Gemara is going to explain, actually, I believe, three different explanations of what a Kailanis is, but. We're going to wait for what those different explanations are, but suffice it to just add in the quick marriage joke where they say that the first year of marriage, the husband wipes and the, 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 the husband talks and the wife listens. The second year of marriage, the wife talks and the husband listens. The third year of marriage, they both talk and the neighbors listen. Okay. That's, uh, all right. So anyway, she's, she's, uh, she's speaking and, uh, and her neighbors can hear us. That, that is the situation of a Kelanis. Azoi is the Mishnah. Now, this Mishnah needs clarification. Get ready for a f- 
for a fun Gishmaka Gemara to clarify all this. Here we go. We said, you divorce her, she doesn't get a ksuba. When? When she feeds him food and she doesn't take miser. So, what's the case? If he knows that it's not kosher, miser wasn't taken, nifresh, don't eat it. If he doesn't know, how does he know now? So, one says, she says to him, ready for this? She says, this guy separated truma and miser, yeah? Then a couple days later, he meets this Kayan. And he says, Kayan, I just want to give you a tremendous Yashikaya for helping out my wife the other day. He's like, who are you? Oh, my, my name's Tanner. Who's your wife? Hey, Mrs. Tanner. No, nobody's spoken to me in the past two weeks. I don't know who you're talking about. Right? Okay. So you caught her in a lie. You caught her in a lie. She fed him non-kosher food. Grounds for divorce without Aksuba. She has relations with him as an Ida, also divorced out of Ksuba. What's the case? If the husband knows she's an Ida, that's his fault. You had relations with an Ida. Why is she going out at Ksuba? That was your decision. And if he didn't know that she was an Ida, so he still doesn't know. Yeah? She's probably still telling him I wasn't an Ida. Right? She's not going to tell him now. So Mara says, no. That really she's the one who counts her seven days for herself. She counts. She's believed to count on her own. So what happened is, he's relying on her to count the seven days. So now it's all about her. So how does he know that he had Tashmash Benanida now? She's telling, she, she went to have relations. You don't even have to ask her. You can assume that she knows what she's doing. Says Gemara Leitzricha, what's the case? To Amrali, she says to him, she says to her husband, you know, I, 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 we had a, there was a Shaila in the house, and she brought the Mara, the, the color of Dam, of blood, to the Chacham. And she says, Pliny Chacham, Tirli Adam. She comes back, she says, the Rav says that it was fine, it's, it's a Tahar color. And the husband meets the rabbi the day. He says, oh, by the way, you spoke to my wife. It turns out she, she, the whole thing was a lie. But that she was Nita or that she didn't come to the Rav? Either one. Doesn't matter. Yep. You buy the same with Rabbi Yehuda? Dumb Rabbi Yehuda. Nida If let's say a woman has a chazaka amongst her neighbors that she's a Nida. Now how could, a, how could neighbors know if a woman's a Nida? So Rashi explains something that's very, it's very, very practical. In the times of the Bate Mikdash, and a little bit afterwards, women who were in a state of need, the need is not an embarrassing thing. It's a reality. It's a way of life. It's a mitzvah to, to keep these halachas. So for us, the ramifications of nida is very often relations between husband and wife. See, previously, nida came out in a much greater way with the laws of Tumah and Tara. If let's say you had a Beis HaMikdash, or a little bit after, and there were things that, belo- that were hectish or truma, you're forbidden to make these things tummy. So a nida is not allowed to touch them. So the, the custom was, if a woman was a nida, she would wear specific items of clothing. She might, oh, if a woman was a nida, let's say she would always wear um, um, an orange shirt, a, a, a white shirt, a black shirt, whatever it was, that let people know, hey, I'm a nida. So if you happen to be holding something that's hectish, Make sure it doesn't touch me because I don't want to ruin it. It was, it was very practical in the laws of daily living. 
So she had a chazaka amongst the neighbors that she's a nida. That day she was wearing a garment that let people know, hey, you know, keep your hectish away from me. And then she tells her husband that she's not. All right? So says, If they have relations together and the husband, uh, she didn't lie to the husband, but there was a chazaka, we're going to give him malchus, assuming that he was boel, that he had relations with Anida. She also doesn't separate chala. What's the case? If he knows that she didn't separate chala, she shouldn't have eaten it. Or, actually, nifresh means you separate it. The husband can separate it afterwards. Big deal. If he doesn't know about precious chala, so how does he know now? She says to him, See, back then, when they would bake bread, they didn't have ovens in every home. So they would have communal places where people would go, make their dough, and throw it into the oven. And the same way in a matzah bakery, there's like one guy who's putting the matzah in the ovens, out the ovens, in the ovens, out the ovens, in the ovens, out the ovens, ovens, working eight months a year, nine months a year, doing uh, doing all the the matzah. So also, the women would bring all the ingredients to this oven home, this, this this building that had the ovens. And there would be somebody there helping them knead the dough and, and putting it in the oven. There was like an, you know, a foreman, somebody who oversaw it. So she says, oh, that guy, was the, he's the one who separated challah from me. And it turns out that he went and spoke to the guy and she wasn't telling the truth. Why does okay. have to bring this case when it already gave us a case? Oh, it's a good shayla. It's a good shayla. Okay, we'll, do, we'll talk about it after. Vinayderes in Mekayamas. Also, she makes nidarim, she makes vows, and she does not fulfill the vows. Here we go. Second to last medium-wide line. You know why a husband's allowed to divorce a wife if she doesn't fulfill her vows? Because when people don't fulfill the vows, the punishment is their children can die young. So she's hurting the mishpucha. Shinamar, as it says, Al Titain Al Picha, do not place into your mouth Lachti to sin Espisarecha against your flesh. Basically, Maisi Yodov Shodam, what's considered? Maisi Yodov, the work of a person, the main work that we that we have in this world. If a person has the merit of having children, you know the main work that you gotta put into is your family. Okay? So your own flesh that you worked for, your children, suffer if parents don't put the right things into their mouth, referring to vows. Hence, if a woman's doing this, she's, she's like uh, getting in the way of, the, of their whole marriage. For no reason, I've, I've uh, hit your children, because of matters of shav, of nothingness, of, of uh, sheker. Tanya, we learned in a bride, so here it may it says, If you know your wife has a habit of making vows and not fulfilling it, so, ready for this? The husband should go and take a vow and say, and, and we're, right now we're assuming it means and prohibit it on her. Okay. You hear this? She usually says, oh, oh man, I, I, I got to lose weight. Uh, I'm eating a nether, I'm never eating ice cream again. Two hours later, she's eating ice cream. Yeah? So if he knows this about her, so we're assuming right now what it means is that he should also make a nether, that she shouldn't eat ice cream. Does this make any sense? Says the Gemara, Yadrena, 
You make a nether, how, how to help? Now you got two people with a problem. Right? right. So the Gemara says, Ella, yachsir v'yaknitena. You should go back. Yaknitena means get, get her emotions going in this area again. Kadesha tidor b'fana v'yofrela. So that she'll make the vow again and you could immediately nullify it. Yeah? So, he's bothered because his wife's making these vows. And why does it bother him making the vows? Maybe it bothers him stam and halacha, but also we said it could impact the family, it could impact the children. So, says the Gemara, I'll tell you what to do. Get her back to that space where she's making these vows about her ice cream and quickly nullify it. They said to him, no, a person cannot live with a snake in the same area. Okay. Says the, which basically means that, which basically means it's not going to help. She's going to go back and do it again. Tani, we learned in her brides, So you, you go do it. It's a good, it's a good terrence, you know what I mean? You know your wife doesn't separate challah. Divorce her at Aksuba? Says Rabbi Yehud in the Brisa, I'll tell you what to do. Before you eat the challah, just separate a piece. Bid the Evan, you could do that. If a woman bakes her challah without separating the dough, so you take the challah, put it together, and then you separate it. Bid the Evan, you're allowed to do that, so go do it. What's the problem? Amrulai, he said to him, No, no, no. It's not good advice. Same logic. Because... It's just going to happen again, and again, and again, and again. And you're just messing, you, you can't do this your whole life. Which is a beautiful yusayt. A beautiful yusayt. Which is, sometimes you can handle something, but till a point. Till a point. When something is chronic and ongoing, you have to know when to be able to compartmentalize and snapshot an issue. And deal with it one at a time, or when something is just, it's just gonna, it's just gonna keep on going, and you got to get out. You got to get out. Says the Gemara. Man aho, the one who says that the husband should separate chala. The same thing would be true by another. the one who says that you could remove the uh, the, the neder. We'll say, you know, maybe you still need a divorce by challah. Because challah is a staple. That is a, that, that's a food that's a staple of life. And if your wife's not going to be separating challah, again, it's too often that we're expecting the husband to be the one to be mafresh. Okay? Fine. Here we go. Two dots. Two lines to the bottom of Ayin Beis Amar Aleph. Ve'ezuhi das Yehuda. Second part. Remember, the first part of the Mishnah was when she's transgressing the laws of Meishim. Nida, Chala, so on. What's das Yehuda? Yaitzav Reisha Pura. She goes outside with uncovered hair. So that's transgressing das Yehuda. And Yaitzay ve'enaget. Right? She goes out and ve'enaget. There's a get. There's no ksub. There's no ksub. Says Gemara, I don't understand. And this is Sugi Ibn of itself. Why are you saying that this is a Minigan Klaizral that a woman's allowed to go out with uncovered hair? It's Dairaisa. Yeah? 
It's Doiraisa. A woman's not allowed to go out. It's not allowed to go out. Oh, not go out in public with uncovered hair. Dechsev. What does it say in the Torah? Ready? Upara esraishisha. What happens by a saita? By a saita, you go and you uncover her hair. She's married. She secluded herself with somebody else. So part of the disgrace that we have, that, that, that we give her as part, of this, uh, as part of this process, is we uncover her hair. So you see from the Torah, in general, this married woman's got covered hair. Says the Gemara, They shouldn't go out with uncovered head. Says the Gemara, No, 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 that's me explaining. Biblically, Top of Amud Beis, Kulsa, Shapir, Dami. It's enough to put any sort of, uh, of covering on her head. Okay. However, You just need a little bit of a covering. Anything. Okay. However, you need more of your hair that's covered. Now, what does it mean more of the hair? So the Gemara says that there's a, the, if let's say you have um, a basket, this is very common, um, like a net. Let's call it a net. Midaraisa, she's allowed to cover her hair with a net where, the other, where some of the hair is still seen because the, the lines in between the netting is going to show the hair on her head. Right? But me the Rabbanon go and they say, no, Afilu you shouldn't show the, the hairs that fall between the netting. That's Das Yehudis. Says the Gemara Viter, Amr Ravasi, Amr Ravichan. Ravasi says in the name of Ravichan, Kalosa in Bamishon Perua Reish. If she, Kalosa, uh, this basket, Ain Ba, there's no issue over here, Mishon Perua Reish, of an uncovered head. All right? If she wears a basket, that's fine. It's not grounds for divorce, and it's not grounds to lose Uksuba. So Gemara, Havabar Rav Zero. Rav Zero was trying to clarify this. Hecha, he says, what, what's the case of this woman going out with this netting on her head? Either Mabashuk was going out to the marketplace, Das Yehudasi. We said that's the Minigan Klaisro. Yeah, not to. Right. So we're going to say she's in a Chatzir. So we're saying, in a Chatzir, you got to wear at least a net. Right? Her own courtyard, her backyard. She's got to wear at least a net. Says Gemara, Im Kane. If that's the case, if that's what we're referring to, well, she's in her backyard. So lohi nachta bas la Avraham avinu sheyesheves tachas bala. You have not left a daughter of Avraham avinu to remain with her husband. Says the Gemara. What this means is is an expression of if she's in her own backyard, a wife is allowed to walk around with her hair uncovered in front of her family. She can have her hair uncovered in front of her husband and children. So if she's out in the marketplace, her hair's covered with a net. If she's home, why are you bothering her about a net? Leave her alone. She's not in her own backyard. She's going between her backyard and the neighbor's backyard. Or Derech where there's like joint backyards. So over here, she's not going out in public. But she's going out a little more... Uh, amongst amongst people, so das yehudis, which means the minug, the custom, the das yehudis is that um, to wear netting is really not enough. It's not enough if you're already taking a strong risk of being out amongst your neighbors. So then we already expect the das yehudis to wear more than the standard netting and to put on a covering where the the, the hairs net. are covered. Wait, wait, the netting's okay. Because why would she wear, wear the netting? Midaraisa. But the dasi hudis is to wear more than the netting. 
so in the mother. But, 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 but she can, I'm not even talking about the mother. She can wear the, she can wear the, she can wear the hairnet in the, um, in the, in, 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 in the, the shuk. That's only me, the rice. Dasi hood, this is not the rice. See, Dasi hood, this is the minute. Right. So that's what we're saying. All right. Then we said in the Mishnah, what else is this woman doing that's transgressing the Dasi Hodis? Vitaiva Bashuk. Vitaiva Bashuk, she is spinning in the marketplace. Okay. Says Gbarambiduma libne Adam. What do you mean she spin the marketplace? She's doing activities that uncover her arms, her Zaraya, the, the, the arms, Libne um, Adam to anybody. Okay? What does that mean? She's acting with, she's uncovering more of her body than is allowed or expected within her society. She's spinning and the threads are, Kenegad Ponel is a euphemism, I believe that's the word, yeah, um, of Kenegad Ponel, Kenegad her face, referring to her lower body, the private parts of her body. So what this what's happening over here is that she's spinning it in a way that's drawing attention to private parts of her body that it's a, it's done in a uh, suggestive way. So also when a husband's wife is acting in a suggestive way publicly to other people, so that's considered a, an Arias dika thing. and she speaks to everybody. You said, "Oh, maybe she's just friendly." What does that mean? Rav Yudah says, no. She walks around flirting with all the single guys. It's misachekes. Yeah, she's, uh, yeah, that's, that's, what, that, that's, her, that's what she's out to do. That's her, that's her uh, goal over here. Misachekes. Tzchaik. Says the Gemara Vaiter. Amar Rabbi Barbachana. Zimna Chada. One time, he's going to tell a story. I went in front, I was going behind Marukva. Let me break down that expression. I saw I saw a Arab. Now Aravi is an Arab and even though it's Aleph at the end in Aramaic is an Arab woman. She was sitting. She was throwing Pilcha She was throwing her needle. Vitaiva and and uh, and weaving, the rod, uh, and it went down keneged poneha near her face, referring to the the the, pri- uh, the private parts. Kivon de chazinon when she saw us pesikte she she stopped she broke off lepilcha the shedise she when she saw us she kind of took the needle. And threw it down and looked up. She was like, oh, I didn't notice you. And she wanted to start making conversations with us. Amrali, and she said, Oilam havli pelech. You you covered up a person. Please pass me my pelech. So what happened was like this. She took the needle. She's she's weaving, right? And she, she, like, when she sees them, she like, quote unquote, by mistake, it broke off and it like rolled away, right? She threw it far enough. She says, oh, can you, can you please pick that up for me? Okay, trying to start a conversation. Can you please pick it up for me? Yeah? Uh, see, now, uh, it used to be at least, uh, you know, nowadays people are online. But it used to be people would go to a bar, go to a lounge. Back then, you know, it's, uh, I guess that's what, uh, that's how they would start conversations. 
Amar Ba, Rav Ukva Milsa. So Rav Ukva said about her, Milsa, this is what we're talking about, what we're talking about the woman who's out there to make, strike up conversation with every person. She's doing it in a suggestive way and trying to start up relationships through that. My Omar Ba, what did he say about her with this? Rav, you know, Omar, Taiva Bashuk Omar Ba, that this is when a woman's uh, weaving in the marketplace, this is uh, what we're referring to. It's referring to a woman who wants to schmooze everybody. So she was yaitzim both. She really explained to them. You know, you know what's Gavaldic about this? You know what's Gavaldic? You have two tzaddikim. They're walking. You have a woman doing something which for somebody else would take their mind to an inappropriate place. The only thing they could think of is this experience which Mishnah does it fit into? <laughs> like, which halacha the Mishnah? Yeah, it's both. Yeah, it's both. It could fit with the Barasim Kol Adam. They're, they're hyper-focused on, on Torah. That's what they're hyper-focused on. Abishol, Emir Abishol says, Even if she curses out his parents in front of him, This is also, if she curses out her in-laws, in front of the kids. Okay? In front of his children. Not only him, but in front of the kids. Vesimonich, and a way to remember this, is Ephraim Menashe, Kira'uve Meshimayni Yuli. Ah, Kavaldik. Ephraim Menashe, the children, have the same halacha as the parents, uh, or the generation up, not only the parents, but the next generation up, their uncles of Ru'uve, which, uh, of Ru'uve and Shimon, which as we um, may know, may not know, but there's a famous vart, that when we say on Friday night when a, a parent gives blessings to the child that they should be like Reuven and Shimon, so Ephraim and Menashe, Yisim Chalakim Ki Ephraim and Menashe, right? Yisim Chalakim Ki Zor Rechvale. So you say it like Ephraim and Menashe. What's Ephraim and Menashe? Why are you saying Ephraim and Menashe? Why don't you give a bracha to your kids? They should be like Armisik and Yankov. Why don't you give a bracha to your kids? What Ephraim and Menashe? Any of the Shvatim, Shaykhis, Teretz is. Because Ephraim and Menashe were like Reuven and Shimon. Usually there's a, what we call Yeridas Hadoros. There's a loss of spirituality from generation to generation. The blessing that a parent gives to a child is, I want you to be able to raise yourself up to the level of previous dairis. That's my bracha to you. My bracha to you is to be able to be raised even higher. That's why we say They lived in Mitzrayim, they lived in Golos, they lived amongst the lowest of the low with morality and everything else. But despite that, they were able to become like Reuven and Shimon. What a beautiful bracha. Amar Rabba Rabba says, the Amri Lehi, where uh, she says to, uh, she says to the kids, I, you know, I wish a, a lion would eat your grandfather. Ba'ape Bray in front of, uh, in, in front of uh, in front of his son. All right, so basically we're dealing with people have the uh, they're they're talking tough and wrong about the the grandparents to both the child and grandchild. Reb Tarfin Reb Tarfin says Afa even a woman who makes noise, right? So what is a woman who's loud? What does that mean? So listen to this. Says the Gemara, my Kailanis. What is this talking about? A woman's got a loud voice. Leave her alone. I don't know if you don't know if he says name is Shmuel. No. Bishma'as kaila al iskei tashmish. means that she, listen to what Rashi says. Rashi says she embarrasses her husband 
by telling him, oh, you're always interested in Tashmish. She says this out loud. Why are you doing this? What, what, what are you doing? You're, you're, interested in, you're interested in having relations with me? You're the one who's always interested in relations. That's what it means a, a, a woman who's got a loud voice. She doesn't, she doesn't have boundaries in this area. Okay? Tashmish is intercourse. Relations. Okay? That's something that's holy. And it's between husband and wife. And she's starting to involve, you know, uh, other, starting to involve the neighbors, other people, letting people, letting people hear about this. Now, this is not the same exact thing. But I want to give you something that, like, to me was surprising after we got married. Because I don't want to give any, uh, I'm going to be pretty vague. My wife came home from the park a few years after we were married. We lived in an area of, uh, where there were a, lot of, a number of young couples. She came out from the park and she came in laughing. And I'm happy you could either laugh or cry. What was she laughing about? So there's a lot of from people in this park. And the conversation amongst the young mothers was whether they, whether they like, whether they like the amount of chest hair that their husbands have. That's what the conversation was. And she came in laughing because otherwise she would have been crying. And she was like, you got to hear this. <laughs> it's like, this is the next time conversation. And it's like, okay, so it's, it's off. Now, this is not the same exact thing, but there are certain things that like, you need boundaries within. It doesn't matter. First of all, it's not your business what I prefer in that area. Doesn't make a, doesn't make a difference. That's something that's between me and my husband. And they're getting into detail. Uh, you know, I wish my husband had more chest hair, less chest hair. What? Seriously? When it comes to certain things, you have to know your place. This woman is Aliske Tashmish. She, she's a Kailana. She's willing to voice these things that are meant to be kept private. It's embarrassing for him. He could divorce her with Alexuba. This is talking about um, a woman who has relations in one domain. And her voice could be heard in a different place. So this is either referring to a woman who is making a lot of loud noises that removes the privacy from the Tashmish, so where other people could hear. Rashi interestingly explains something very interesting. And Rashi says that we're referring to a woman, and this is not uncommon, that uh, intercourse is very, is very painful for her. It's very painful. Her body does, doesn't handle it, uh, you know, uh, can't really uh, handle it, we'll just leave it at that. And hence, the, couples, the, the couple themselves don't really have intercourse because it's just too hard for her. At a certain point, the husband's able to say, it's too hard for me. It's too hard for me to keep up going like this where if intercourse is going to be too hard for you so we can't do any, you know, so, so we can't be together, that's, uh, that's what we're referring to according to Rashi, which is a, which is a big shift and a big chiddish and, and something, to be, uh, something to be discussed. Uh-huh. Because, because it's kind of like, so that, that's a whole sugya about whether it becomes a, a mum, so it's like a mekachtois, and I would have known, eh? whatever. But think before that, so, so how are we hear each other? Absolutely. Menachem's making a good point. You know, nowadays we have bedrooms. They didn't always have bedrooms. There was one studio and everybody, everybody was together. So to say that just because there's any sort of noise is grounds for divorce, but that's a, that, that, perhaps that's why Rashi is shifting over to say, you know, that there's tsar over here. Okay, says the Gemara, Vinesnaya Gabi Momen Says the Gemara, one second. 
we had a Mishnah that discussed mum, a blemish of, of a wife that, uh, that uh, is grounds for divorce or saying the whole marriage nullified. If that's the issue here where there's tsar, there's pain, so why don't we put it with a mum? It says, You're right, so let's go back to the first, uh, the first uh, um, answer, which was a woman who just speaks about the, the matters of intimacy between her and her husband's in a inappropriately loud voice. Okay, beautiful. Next mission. Hamakadish Isha guy marries a woman. Almanas on condition she ain't allowed to dorm. She has no vows. Say I'm marrying you on condition you don't have any pre-existing conditions. Venimtu alone to It turns out she had vows. Inimukudeshes the whole the whole marriage never happened. It never happened. It was conditional. Konsustam. Let's say he married her Stam. Now, I'm saying married her. The word Kansa really means she entered to him. So there's a, we'll see in the Gemara whether this means that he never said anything about a condition before any marriage or whether over here he said about the condition before Erisin but not before Nesuin. He was kindness her Stam, meaning he said something about conditions before he initially put a ring on her finger but then when it came time for the Nesuin he didn't reiterate that condition. He just, he just, they, they didn't assume. And then, and then it turns out she had the darim before the Nisuin. Okay? Says the Gemara, says the Mishnah, so also she got divorced without a ksuva. If he says, I'm marrying you on condition, you have no mum, you have no blemishes on your body. It turns out she had blemishes. She's not married in the first place. Let's say he's, he, her. They, he enters into marriage with her. Again, either Nisuin, right? Uh, without saying anything, and then there's a mum found, she goes out without a ksuba. So again, if he explicitly said, this cannot exist, you're not married. If he never explicitly said it, but it turns out afterwards, there was a mum, so, so you're married. No, because you never said it's on condition. No, but that's not a matter, but it's still a tice. How do you know? He's claiming that afterwards. Why does she lose, I don't understand, but why does she, so why does she lose her ksuba then? Good. So, this, this is the Chiddush. This is what has to be explained. It's a kosher marriage. You need a divorce, but there's not going to be a ksuba. <coughs> Excuse me. Any mum mentioned by kahanim is considered a mum, is considered a blemish by a woman as well. Any physical defect of a kayin is going to be considered a physical defect. Now, obviously, it's a defect that applies to the you, body you of a woman. Though, okay. Some. Right? No, by a kayin? Some. Some. Not all. Utsunan gavno, says the Gemara. And I'll give you cases afterwards. Utsunan we learned in Mishnah as well. Gabi Kedushin, Gai Gavno. By Kedushin as well. We learned this, says the Gemara. Why we have this mission Ksubis, if we were having Kedushin. Here in Ksubis, we want to speak out and focus on the, the halacha of whether or not she gets a Ksuba. Right? But in Kedushin, uh, Kedushin is It's mentioning it there as well to teach us Allah is a marriage. Because why are you saying the same Mishnah twice? Because it affects the marriage, it affects the Ksubis. That's why. <laughs> Fine. There are vows where she says, I'm not going to eat meat, I'm not going to drink wine, or I'm not going to dress with begodim tzivainim. Begodim tzivainim means 
nice clothing, Rashi says. This is, you know, I'm going to, I, 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 I want to dress down. I don't really care what I look like. I don't care what I look like. Tanami Yachid learned the price similarly. Be'elu Nedarim Amru. Which Nedarim are we talking about where he made a condition? Again, we're talking about which, which Nedarim you make a condition. You can't have Nedarim. Right? He means, I don't want you having a Nedarim about meat, wine, the clothing. I, this impacts me. Tanami Yachid learned the price similarly. Be'elu Nedarim Amru. Dvarim Sheyesh Bohen Inuy Nefesh. Things that cause Inuy Nefesh. Things that cause affliction to her. Meaning, Shaytoich HaBasarn. Vaytish Tayayim. Vaytish Kashi. Be'big Day Tzivaynim. Have a bar of Papa. Papa said, Ahai, what are we talking about? If we're going on the ratio where he made, I'm only marrying you on condition, you don't have any Nadarim, and it turns out she did have Nadarim. So, Kivan since he's Makbid, since he cares, shouldn't it be any Nadar? Why are we listing these specifically? Any He said any Nadar. So, even she made a Nadar that uh, I'm never going to look at orange. I don't know. Ella Asefa. So it must be going on the Seifa. What was the case of the Seifa? He never said anything specifically. But then it turns out she had a vow, and it was a vow about meat, wine, and, and dressing nice. Ravashi Yomar, Ravashi says no. Laila Maresha. Really this Brisa, which explains which vows were going on, is going on the Resha, where he said, before the marriage, I am marrying you on condition, there's no Nadarim, and we're saying it's the, only these types of Nadarim. But what was our question? Why don't, you said any. So why are we limiting it specifically to these types? Says the Gemara. Uh, says more like this. When you say no vows, so if it's something that people usually care about, so fine. We're con- we, uh, we consider this to be something that he cares about. But something that people usually don't care about, we don't care that you care about it. Okay, you hit us. So if let's say a husband makes a vow. A husband says, marrying on condition, you, never, you, have, you have no vows over your head. And she's got a vow. She has a vow that she is never going to wear shoes without soles. She's only wearing shoes with soles. Very normal. I, I care. I, I don't want you having that vow. Yeah, it's the next question on the Shidduch resume. Right? Other questions, uh, you know, one of the, one of the, uh, I, somebody told me recently there was a, somebody called them up about Shaduchim. They want to know about the boy's family, whether they have a grill in the backyard. Why? Why? What, what, why? What does it matter if they have a grill? If you have a grill, you must be the type of family that's very into partying. That's how you cashier your liver. Uh, but into partying. We're looking for more serious people. I was like, dude. Run, <laughs> run! Don't like machine sugar, right? So says the Gemara. You got a vow. You got a vow. Make a vow. I'm never gonna. You care about that? Doesn't matter. The guy can't say when I said condition that you have no vows. I it was it was some mishigas. No, we're gonna assume that it means a vow that most people would be concerned about: the meat, the wine, the dressing nicely uh, during the marriage. Those things we are uh, will. Um, nullify the marriage. However, something that was a, a stamma, a, a, just because you have a mishagas, that type of vow will not nullify the marriage. Let's just end off the daf quickly. This, we'll start here from tomorrow. But Itmar, we learned, Kitshal stam. Let's say he married her with a condition and then did Nesuin without saying anything about vows. Rav Omar Rav says, You will need a get. 
Ushmol Amar Enot Shmol says you will not need a get. Tomorrow we'll clarify this machlaikas. We're up to Amar Abai. We'll hold it here. Have a wonderful, wonderful Shabbos, everybody.